All right, let's look at James chapter 2. James chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 13. James 2, verses 1 through 13, say this in the Word of God. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and a goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and saying to him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved, brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do, they, do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? <clears throat> if ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit not adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So that's it. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Let's pray again. <coughs> Heavenly Father, again, we come before you tonight through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, we thank you for the hearts that you've been working in recently. Uh, this testimony that Sister Judy gave. Lord, we pray for that dear lady, that, Lord, uh, you would just uh, keep her heart stirred. And even at the age and stage she is, God, help her to uh, grow in thee. And, uh, Lord, love you and love your word. And help Sister uh, Judy as she continues to be a, a guide to her in the things of God. Uh, Lord, we think about uh, Lester's testimony. Continue, uh, Lord, to work in, in his life. And Lord, uh, all the lives uh, here, dear God, we just want to continue to grow and, and be stirred and be excited, uh, dear God. Lord, we just ask you to throw another uh, log on the fire in our heart, dear God, that we continue have that desire to serve you. We pray for Zach tonight. Lord, please uh, work in his life and stir his heart. Uh, God, that is a, a change has been made in his life. Uh, dear God, that he'd go on with you. Thank you that he's in the house of God tonight. Lord, we pray for his mother, Donna. Lord, we pray, touch her physically. Lord, we pray for her spiritually as well and be with her where she uh, is tonight. Lord, thank you uh, for watching over uh, Priscilla as uh, she was traveling. Lord, be with Sister Beverly as uh, uh, McLean as she's traveling as well. And uh, Lord, you know things that are going on that maybe weren't even mentioned tonight, but no doubt. Uh, there's needs in uh, people's uh, hearts, and God, I pray that you would help them, whether it's physical, financial, uh, Lord, emotional, domestic, whatever the case is, dear God, help us to, Lord, cast all our cares upon you and trust you uh, with those things. Thank you for uh, touching uh, Joseph, that he's better. Lord, we pray for Samuel and Brother Burgess, Lord, uh, for their healing. Now, again, Lord, as we look into uh, the good word of God, Lord, we want to be doers of the word, doers of the work, as James teaches us. And Lord, as we look at these uh, thoughts in these verses, I pray that we continue to uh, grow, dear God, and be faithful servants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
And so uh, we're going to look at these verses tonight, but let us notice something in verse 8. Verse 8 says this, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. So here, uh, James introduces a standard for life, of course, that uh, overrides uh, all else in earthly behavior. And we see it's called the royal law. And, uh, well, you know, what is the royal law? Well, it has been given, of course, uh, it's, it's royal one because it's been given to us by, by, our, by, our, by our king. And, uh, you know, there's a song that says, you know, it says over there, his banner over me is love. Well, we should live under the banner of love as Christians. We should live our lives as Christians. And it should be, love should be the distinguishing characteristic of every uh, a child of God. Uh, that should stand out and be noticeable in our lives. That word it says the royal law, that royal means befitting a king. So if we're living... Uh, uh, the royal law, right? We, you might say, we're living a life befitting, befitting a king. And of course, this royal law uh, flows through the whole of God's word. We see it all through the word of God. Uh, turn back over to Leviticus. Leviticus, uh, uh, near the, the beginning of the right, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus 19, 19, uh, Leviticus 19. And notice some verses here, Leviticus 19. And read verses 15 through 18. Leviticus 19 and beginning verse 15 says this. It, here it mentions the royal law. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Right, this is what these verses talk about in James. Uh, Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. You know, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times I talk to people and they tell me about a situation they're going on. And uh, usually the reason the, the situation gets bad or gets stirred up is because somebody's running on emotion. <laughs> somebody's acting or reacting on emotion. And I say, well, you know, the best thing to do is, is let people know, say, here, uh, we're not here to, to do what you want or what I want or make the decision that you want or make the decision I want. We're here to find out what's right in this situation. You see, and we want to do the right thing in this situation. So let's find out. All right. Let's agree that we both want to do right. You know, do you want to do right? That's a lot of times what I say. Well, do you want to do right? Well, if you don't want to do right, well, then we're not going to be able to solve this situation. But if you want to do right, oh, you know, yeah, well, I'll let you know I want to do right. So let's find out what the right thing to do is in this situation. So it's not because one person's rich or one person's poor and we want to show favor. It's not because I like you or don't like you. No, let's, let's find out what's right here. I mean, what, what, what are the Bible precepts that would apply to this? What are the Bible principles that would apply to this? What's the right thing uh, uh, to do? Then that takes the emotion out of it. It's not about you. It's not about me. Amen. It's about the right thing and the thing that's done according to God's word. And, and he, he gets the glory and we get the benefit. But that's what it says right here. But in righteousness shalt thou judge. Don't look at the people. It's not about them. It's about what's the right thing. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. I guess it'd go right along with uh, uh, gossip. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in no wise, and thou shalt not in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Whew. 
Man, some tough, tough stuff there, man. Like, like, feel like disciples. Who can do these things, right? Who can do these things? Oh, well, let's get uh, uh, back here. But here it's talking about the, the, the royal law, and that is a truth that flows through the word of God. So in summary, we should treat other people the way that Jesus Christ has treated us. Right. That's what we have to. Uh, that's what the Bible teaches. And we'll we'll see that here. So living the royal law is what? Well, we just say it's Christianity. You might say it's Christianity in uh, a shoe leather. And that's what that's what it's supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the word of God in shoe uh, shoe leather. So it is Christ in you and Christ in me. Of course, Christ, the hope of glory. So we are embraced, right? We got saved and we're embraced by the love of Christ and therefore enabled by Christ to embrace others with the love of Christ. That's what we want to manifest in our life. So let's talk about the royal law for a few moments. So we'll see uh, if, if, uh, if, if we are living the royal law, we might say the royal law <laughs> interrupts our natural life, or our natural way of thinking. Right. Because we don't naturally uh, uh, think that way about loving uh, other people and caring about uh, other people. Notice what. Let's go back to verse one, which says this. And then you see the principles of of the royal law it says, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to have it. But with respect of persons, respect of persons. See, if you're truly a Christian and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, then you cannot be a respecter of persons, right? Uh, when we do not love others, we are breaking the heart of God who has so loved us and been so kind to us. That word respect means partiality, favor, favoritism. You know, uh, we're not to uh, look down on, on, on people. And even our friends, you know, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, I've, I've been friends with people and had a good relationship with people, you know, uh, either in the church or whatever. And sometimes they think because uh, they'll want me to do something, uh, maybe uh, in ministry or in church that, uh, you know, I don't think lines up with the word of God. And they think because they have a good relationship with me, uh, they can influence me. And I say, well, no, uh -uh. I want the strongest influence in my life to be the word of God. I want the strongest influence in my life <laughs> to be uh, uh, the Spirit of God. When I was uh, overseas, I had a rule. I, my rule was I'm willing to help anybody. Listen, when, 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 when I had, uh, you know, if I got a large supply of food <clears throat> or I got a large supply of clothes or I got a large supply of something, you know what? I'd give it out to anybody. I, I'd, I'd go. Uh, there weren't many uh, Baptist churches <laughs> among, among the gypsies. We were there starting. But, you know, there were some Pentecostal churches, which grew pretty quick among them because they're emotional people. But you know what? I'd go to them and I'd give them food. And I'd give them clothes to give to their people. I'd go and feed whole villages. But then those people, then those guys would come to me and say, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And I'd say no. <laughs> Even among American missionaries. You know, uh, uh, I'd have American uh, missionaries and uh, maybe, uh, you know, do something uh, uh, together, but not ministry. Then they turn around and say, hey, uh, can we do can we have a meeting together or something like that? And I'd say no. And I'd say, well, you know, I, I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm willing to help anybody, but I'm not willing to just work with anybody. And so uh, I think we should always be willing to help anybody that we can along the way. But when it comes to the things of God, we got to stick with the word of God. That's our influence. Even if we like somebody, even if we think they're 
a great person, and I've seen that happen in churches. I've been in, like I said, I've been in churches, and or even as, as, as a pastor, I've seen people maybe like somebody, but then they think, oh, well, hey, can we do this, or we can do that? And I'll say, well, no, we're not, we're not going that way, you know? And they're like, well, I thought we were friends. Well, we are friends, <laughs> right? But uh, uh, the, what I think is right according to the Word of God, or what I think is right in the church, trumps our, our personal uh, relationship. And so, uh, uh, you know, we can't, and, and, you know, I say it in that way, not respecting a person just because they're, we like them personally. We always need to go by what's right. And even when uh, uh, people come in, maybe that we don't know, just because we say, wow, man, that guy, you know, he seems like that's the type of people we want to join this church. And no, we want everybody is everybody outside those doors should be a potential member. Right. Everything uh, being 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 right. But we shouldn't show partiality and favoritism. Ephesians 6, 9 says this. And ye are masters and, and ye masters do the same things to them for bearing threatening. Here it is, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Right? God, the Lord, is not a respecter of persons. That's why there's not a, uh, any such thing as limited atonement. <laughs> right? The Bible is whosoever will. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this person or this type of person. No, he says, I, hey, anybody that put their trust in me, doesn't matter what their, uh, their uh, race is, their social standing, whatever the case might be, whosoever will. And so the Lord's not a respected person. So if we're going to be like him, right, that is our goal. What is our goal as a Christian? To be like him. And so, but, you know, believers uh, can be guilty of it. Churches can be guilty of being respecter of persons. I've seen that. And again, a lot of uh, in independent Baptist churches have been guilty. I know people that have, have gone to churches and they'd have somebody at the door and somebody come in. And if they, if they didn't like the way they were dressed, you know, I guess they were being kind. Hey, we'd be glad to take you home so you can change or we'd be glad to take you to the store uh, so you can this or that. You know what? And uh, I, I just tell you, uh, that's wicked. If you, if you ask me, that doesn't mean you don't want people to be respectful. But if people don't know better or things like that, you know, to, to have somebody stand at the door, uh, you know, uh, that's not right. Or what, what kind of people uh, uh, can come in? Uh, that's 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 not right. But, you know, I had to deal with that over overseas. You know, when, when the first church I started was a Bulgarian church. I didn't know anything about gypsies at first. And then gypsies would come in and I'd see them Bulgarians mistreat the gypsies. I'm like, whoa. What are you doing? You know, uh, lots of that. I'd have to stand up for the gypsies a lot in churches. I'd go out to restaurants and I'd bring a, a gypsy in with me and they'd try to kick him out. And I'd stop him right there. I'd say, listen, you know, you want to let me in because I'm a foreigner or you think I'm money. I said, I said, but he's with me. I'm no better than he is. You're no better than he is. And and he's going to sit right here and we're going to we're going to have a meal together. or We're all going to leave. Uh, 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 together. But, you know, uh, but it's, it's not right. I don't care where you're at to mistreat people. You see, uh, uh, faith, we're supposed to be people of faith and living the life of faith that he desires us. We will not include any prejudice or favor towards certain peoples by race, social status, etc. Anybody that claims to, to be a Christian or a Christian organization and shows any type of prejudice or, or respect of persons, I guarantee you, God is not in it. God is not in it. 
And even with people, you know, I, 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 I thinking about my brother Dave when I was reading this, you know, when he uh, went down to Florida, he tried to, he tried to uh, uh, get it. He, he had a church that he started going to. And then he went to the church and said that he wanted to get involved or he wanted to try and, you know, do something to, because he had all this free time and he wanted to be busy. And when they found out that he had a record, he said they just, I said, I felt like, I remember him telling me this a couple months ago. Hey, I felt like they just, you know, put me at a distance. And boy, that's just, that's just wicked, you know, that anybody would do that. And so, listen, when people come to this, uh, this church, we should uh, greet everybody the same and treat everybody the same and, and let everybody see the love of Christ in us, the love of Christ in us. Now, that's a, not a natural way of thinking. It's natural as humans. Listen, we all have prejudices, right? And we have to be conscious of things. And amen, let the Lord help us in those areas. So next, uh, looking at the royal law, right? Of course, it brings us into the lives of other Christians, right? We should love each other as believers. Looking at verses two through four, say this. My brother encountered all, whoops, that's chapter one, verse two, chapter two, verse two. For if there come unto your assembly a man with gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor man, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye then, are ye not then partial in yourselves, or become judges of evil thoughts? Notice that statement, evil, evil thoughts. Verse five again. Sorry, verse four says this. Verse three says, with favor and kindness, it says this, and you have respect to him. That is, you show favor or kindness uh, to a particular person, but you disrespect the other. You show partiality. That means you try to separate them or you make a distinction among them or you show, uh, you show uh, uh, a preference. May the Lord help us never to do that. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, I'm sort of an introvert or that's not my personality. You know, you need to get over that as a Christian. A lot of people use that as an excuse when we have visitation and not go knock doors or to not go talk. People, well, you know, I just leave tracks around. Listen, you're going to have to ask the Lord to help you get over that. You're called uh, to go out and, and, and be a witness, at least even go out, even if you just start off uh, being a prayer partner. You know, it's amazing how many people I've seen that sort of start off that said that, you know, uh, they were an introvert, but then they got out there and, 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 and the Lord began to work in their heart. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, after a couple of weeks, they're, they're, they're saying, hey, can I take this next door? Amen. And then uh, God begins uh, 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 to use them. You know, since, uh, uh, you know, Lester was picking on Ari the other day, but to pick on, on Lester, you know, he always told me, well, he was kind of quiet and uh, uh, introvert, but you could tell, uh, like I've mentioned before, the big uh, difference in him. But if you feel like you have that, you need to ask the Lord to help you. Say, Lord, I know I have this responsibility and I feel like my personality is this, but Lord, please uh, give me opportunity and boldness uh, uh, to witness to people. But listen, when people visit, like I said, uh, uh, they should feel like before they got out of there that they had trouble getting out the door because everybody was standing there uh, to shake their hand and greet them and be a blessing to them uh, for the time period that they were here. 
So by living the royal law, we're living in obedience to the royal law. It brings us in the lives of other Christians. The royal law breaks down earthly barriers and helps us to find common ground in uh, Christ. Man, I look out and I, I travel around the world. And I, I mean, if you've ever been to another country or maybe visited some other place. And of course, you know, I know if you're from the south and you go up north, you feel like you're in a different country. But man, when you when you when you go into a place and the only thing you have in common is Christ, it's just immediate. It's just amazing how you've had that immediate connection, even if you don't. Uh, uh, speak the same language. Well, how many times I've gone into a, a church where I didn't understand the language, but man, I, uh, 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 me and a believer, we just have that big smile on our face and it's just like we're speaking to each other uh, through, our, uh, through our eyes, you know, and, and, and just uh, uh, hugging each other and just feeling the spirit of God. Uh, uh, you know, working, working uh, uh, among us. What a beautiful and wonderful thing that is. But our mutual love for the Lord Jesus Christ brings us together. And that's what should draw you to people. I tell you, what, what, what draws me to people, if I get drawn, if I am a respecter of persons, let me say it this way. Normally, if there's any way that I'm a respecter of persons above somebody else, it's because somebody's love or excitement for the Lord just automatically uh, uh, draws me to them. Man, when I get around people that just love the Lord and excited about it, it just automatically uh, 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 drawn to them. But we're all uh, children of God and we should all be drawn together by the love of Christ. But I want to get to this third point here, verses 6 through 12. Because it's, it's, the, it's the royal law and people seeing the love in us that identifies us as uh, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must have this to identify with Christ. Again, I love being with the children, children of God. I love uh, uh, coming to church. Man, I, I, I got saved and I was just so uh, excited when I got to go to the house of God. God's design for us in our new creation is to worship him. And we can worship him together and we can have fellowship with other believers. All true fellowship with Christians grows out of fellowship and person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at verses 6 through 12. Say this, But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Man, there, there, if, if you've ever had a close, I mean, when God knits your heart together with somebody. Again, I know I always bring up uh, 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 Brother Crab, and I have, I, have, I have some other friends. But man, when, you know, like, like David and Jonathan, when you know that it's, it's Christ that uh, brought you into each other's life. And, and you know, Pastor Cole, I mean, uh, he, he, he was my pastor, Pastor, Tri my, uh, pastor Triplett, my former pastor in, uh, in Florida, uh, called me today. You know, uh, I, every, almost every pastor I've had, I've, I'm still friends with Brother Alverson, Preacher Alverson. And it's because, uh, not just because they were my pastor and I respect them that I can't, kept a relationship with them, but it's, it's their love for Christ. Man, when my, ch uh, my church in uh, Florida, the times that I got to be there, man, I, I wish you guys could meet Sister Triplett, my pastor's wife I had down there. Well, you talk about a woman that loves God. I, I used to like to go to church just to make her cry. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Because you just walk up to her and she cries real easy and she, she gets excited real easy. And I just walk up 
sister, I say, I say, I say, hey, sister, I say, isn't Jesus good? Isn't this how she, <laughs> she has shared? Oh, is he so good? Oh, I just love Jesus. He's just so good. I mean, she just, just I cried. And that woman, I don't, I think she kidnapped kids on the way to church. I mean, I don't think I'd ever seen her pull into the, the, the church parking lot that kids that just didn't fall out of her van. I mean, she was snatching kids or I know she, she had a bus route, but she was picking up kids on the, on the way to church. And she just always had her her uh, uh, van full. I mean, she you just she you just wanted to be around her because the love of Christ. Amen. Uh, just flowed from her. And uh, that's the way uh, people should see that see that in our lives. And so I, I've, I've kept a strong relationship with them because I wanted to be around them because I said, man, my, I'm glad I had a pastor, amen, that wasn't a, just a good leader, but I knew that he had a real love for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse seven, uh, verse nine, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, notice his statement, he is guilty of all. So in, uh, in verse five, he says, hearken. Hey, pay attention, brother. Hath not God chosen the poor? Listen, it's usually the poorest materially, but rich in faith that do the most for God. You know, I've noticed that. One thing I've noticed over 35 uh, years of, of serving the Lord is that usually uh, the people that do the most for God are the ones that have the least. I've seen that. I've seen that not just in countries where it seems people were poor, but, but in, in America. You know, you, you see the story in Luke 21 about the widow woman. It says this in Luke 21 too, Jesus, and he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. Luke 21, three, and he said of a truth, I say to you, this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. Listen, I, it's amazed, I'm amazed at what, listen, I know, you know, uh, uh, they say, well, you know, women, women aren't supposed to uh, uh, have positions of leadership and preach. I believe all that. I believe all that. Right. Women get in your place. I believe. All that. But boy, where would the church be today if it wasn't for godly women and and women that even after uh, their husbands passed or maybe uh, something happened and the women ended up single, but that they stayed with God and continued to serve God and God greatly used them. You know, as a missionary, the two largest financial gifts I ever received from individuals were from widows, were from widows. Uh, one widow, uh, my friend, Brother Moyer, I might have told you this. He bought uh, he bought some old cars from her, <laughs> paid her. Uh, uh, she sold them to her for twenty five thousand dollars. And she turned around right as he got and handed me a check for ten. I said, keep those cards and letters coming. Amen. And, you know, I mean, a, a, a widow woman. And then I've told you about the uh, when Sharon and I, when we went uh, uh, up there uh, to Alaska, it was a widow woman that uh, financed uh, uh, most of that. And, and these are women that I would have never, you know, expected a, a sum of money like that. But they wanted uh, God uh, to be used of God. And uh, what a great uh, blessing, uh, what, a, what a great blessing that was. And these same women have hosted me and my family in their homes several times and, and very graciously. And so, listen, doesn't matter what your status is in life, if you'll give it to God, he will use you. 
uh, to be a blessing to others. And even the largest gift I got from a church was one of the smallest churches uh, that I've ever been in. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, somebody say, you know, missionary, if they think, I, I never thought that way, but, you know, if they think, oh, well, if I can get into some big churches, you know, uh, let me tell you, uh, the, usually the greatest blessings I got were from the small churches that was just from, you know, uh, a simple folk in there and people that just, you know, love for God and, and God got to hold their heart. Amen. And uh, they wanted to be a blessing. Matter of fact, I remember one church I went to in Michigan. I'll pick on that church. Uh, but, uh, you know, I went in there and for whatever reason, the pastor wanted to tell me, you know, how many millionaires they had in the church, which, you know, didn't really mean nothing to me. But, you know, and what, what I get in that church, I went to this one church, smallest church. It was a single wide trailer, right? Within a matter of two weeks, that church gave me $21,000. I don't think I got things like that all the time. And I went to my friend. My friend was the pastor of the church. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? He said, he said, Brother Stuart, I know this is crazy. He said, but some guy has just been showing up at our church and he's been throwing all this money in our offering plate saying, give it to missionaries. So we just been like been putting it through the church to give it to missionaries. And then I go up to a, a, a church, another pretty good sized church. And, he, and the pastor's bragging how many millionaires they got and got an offering for $300. Now, it's not about I'm not saying it's about money, but I'm just trying to show you don't, you know, uh, think just because uh, somebody has this or somebody has that. It's not that. It's about how rich they are in faith. It's about their love for God. It's about their desire to let God use them. That's what that's what makes the difference. So, again, it's not about the money, but it shows something of the heart. Uh, in three in third John uh, verse two, it says this, beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Notice that statement, even as thy soul prospereth. So, you know, it's nice to prosper in other areas, but more important is that our soul prospers in faith. That's what's important and in trusting God. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says this, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes, he became poor. Why? That you through his poverty might be rich. And of course, that means rich in faith and rich in the blessings of God. God says that if we do not have the right attitude in our heart toward people, it's a sin. God says it is a transgression of the law when we don't have a right heart towards people. Notice again what it says in verse 6. But ye have despised the poor. That word despised means dishonored, to treat with indignity. Listen, you know, uh, one thing I'm thankful is that God has allowed us to work among some of the poorest uh, people in the world, but people that were great in faith. You know, I, I've sat at their tables if they had a table, <laughs> amen, and, and slept in uh, grass huts and mud huts and every, er, 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 everything else. And, and these people that seemed to have the least, but yet they knew the Lord, seemed to be uh, have the greatest uh, joy and peace and excitement in their heart from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice what it, it, it goes on to, what it goes on to say here. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat? Notice verse 7. Do not they blaspheme that uh, worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law uh, according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That word uh, uh, blaspheme means to revile, to hurt the reputation of, right? Uh, they, they, they hurt their reputation 
of, of uh, uh, the Lord. They, they talk bad about the Lord. Proverbs 13, 41 says this, he that oppresses the poor reproacheth his maker. So if you do something against the poor, especially if it's one God's children, yeah, right, you're doing something against the Lord. But he that honoreth him, he, God honoreth him that hath mercy on the poor. You know, we think about blaspheming God's name, right? We think about uh, using bad language, or, or, but God says here, bad actions blasphemers. They mistreating people is uh, blaspheming uh, his name. Verse 7 says that worthy name, right? That worthy name, the word of God says there. So uh, verse 9, it says this, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. Ye commit sin. Think about that. You say, well, I don't drink. I don't steal. I don't use language. I'm not out there uh, committing fornication or things like that. You know, all these things we commit bad sin. But God says, well, hey, yeah, but you know what? You may be set. You may be a, a, a church member. You may be sitting in a suit or all dressed up looking good. But yet you're committing a grave sin. What is that? Not showing kindness and the love of Christ equally to all equally to all. Well, you know, I didn't go out this weekend and I didn't do this and that. No, you didn't go to the bar. You didn't go to the dance hall. You didn't go to this place and that place. You know where you came? You came to the house of God and somebody walked in that door and you didn't show the love of Christ to him. You, you show respect to persons. You look down on that person. You let them walk out the door with, without shaking their hand. Amen. And welcoming them and showing, uh, being a good witness to them. And you know what God says? Well, I'm glad you didn't go to the bar. I'm glad you didn't go to the dance hall. But I'm not glad that you went to church and mistreated somebody that I died and shed my blood for. Amen. And didn't uh, show a good spirit to them when they came into uh, the house of God. Verse 10 says this, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. In other words, you could not have, again, you didn't go out and do all that stuff and you didn't say all that stuff and you didn't commit all that stuff. But yet if somebody came, came into our church and he didn't feel the love of Christ, he felt like there was somebody that looked down on him. He felt like there was somebody that uh, disrespected him. Well, you've broken the whole law. You've broken the whole law in the eyes of God. I mean, you might as well have went out and done the other stuff because uh, you're, you're guilty of a great sin. Sort of think of it this way. Oh, this is a good illustration, but we think of it this way. You know, think of it this way, that, 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 you're, that you're hanging over a cliff uh, by a chain that has 10, 15 links, right? It's got 10, 15 links. But you know what? Only one of those links has to break for you to fall. <laughs> Only one of those links has. They don't all have to break for you to be doomed. Only one link has to break. Uh, a break for you to be doomed. So that's like in serving God, right? It only takes only one link has to break, so to speak, amen, for you to be guilty of sinning against God, sinning against God. Ephesians 4.32 says this, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Well, we know we're supposed to forgive. We always think about, we emphasize the forgiveness here, right? About forgiveness. But notice how the verse starts, be kind one to another. So kindness. Well, listen, uh, well, you know, I don't like that kind of, well, listen, you're a Christian now. You need to get over that, right? If you ever had anything about a certain type of people, you need to get over that. You're a Christian now. And for Christ's sake, 
Amen. You need to put your hand out to that person. For Christ's sake, you need to be willing to love that person. For Christ's sake, you need to care about what's going on in that person's life. We do all we do for Christ's sake. Why? Because it's about him. Amen. And it's for him that we do things. Romans 5, 6 says, For we were yet without strength. In due time, what? Christ died for the ungodly. And if Christ is willing to die for the ungodly, we should at least be willing to show kindness, kindness to them. John 15, 17 says, These things I command you, again, that ye love one another. James spoke as a pastor to the church of Jerusalem in the first century. Powerful things were happening, and the message was simple. How will people know that we are true followers of Jesus Christ? The only answer is if we live like he lived. We are to love one another. You know, uh, uh, listen, we want to we have our, 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 our we, we want to have our doctrine right. We want to have we want to use the right Bible. We want to sing the right songs. But you know what? At the end of all day, all that secondary, if we don't have the right love towards one another and towards everyone that walks through that door, walks through that door. People ought to say, hey, listen, even if they don't agree with us, they, might, they should at least walk out saying, well, man, I may not agree with everything they were saying, but I'll tell you one thing. I could tell they cared about people that came into their presence. They cared about people that came into their presence. John 15, 12 says, this is my command, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Well, that's a high standard. To what degree does he love you? Well, that's the degree that we're to love one another and love others. Show, how did he show his love? How did he prove his love? Well, he was willing to sacrifice, and we should be willing to sacrifice to show that love to others. See, following the royal law means that we seek the strength from him that is necessary to love people the way that he has loved us. Listen, if the Scrooge can change his heart, right? Well, maybe even some of us Baptists can, amen? Maybe even some of us Baptists can. Through the royal law, as we finish up here, right? What are we going to be doing if we're showing the love of Christ the way we're supposed to? We are going to be responding to people the way the Lord would respond. Remember what's harder than acting like a Christian? Reacting like a Christian. So if we're, if we're exercising the royal law, if we're exercising love, we're going to respond to people the way the Lord would respond to people. We're going to approach people the way the Lord would approach people. Remember, I say it again, you, 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 whether, it was, whether it was John, the disciple whom he loved, or Judas, he approached them the same. He approached them the same. I don't think the Lord said, oh, well, here comes Judas again. I don't think he ever did that. I don't say, oh, here comes Judas. You know, I don't think he, I don't think he ever do that. I think he was just as, as, as glad to see Judas in the sense of caring about his, even though he, you know, he knew with all things. But of course, and how do we know that he treated him the same? Because when he said one of you is going to betray me, nobody knew who it was. If he would have treated one of them different, then maybe somebody had that. Well, you know, I always notice he treated Judas a little bit different. Maybe it's him. Nobody said that. What they say? It is, is it I? Because he treated them all the same, even though he, he knew one of them was the devil, even though he knew what was going to happen, but he didn't treat any of them any different. And that's what I tell people in, in, in the ministry. My job as a, as, as, a, as a preacher is to what? Is to preach to everybody the same, right? And even though they don't receive it the same, that's true. Not everybody's going to respond to the, some people are going to respond more, right? 
You know, it's like I said, you know, we're talking about churches that have somebody stand at the door. I said, you know, I said, how would you feel if you took your kid to school and they said, sorry, we only take straight A students. I, I, I wish there were have been teachers like that when I was in school because I'd have never had to go to school. <laughs> right. I never had to go to school if they only took straight A students. Right. Right. I was a B student. I wanted to be somewhere else. Amen. <laughs> sorry, just. First thing that came to my head. But, you know, uh, but how, how would you like it if they did that? Well, a church that would be like that. No, huh? the Bible says in a great hell house, there's going to be what? Vessels of gold, vessels of silver, vessels of wood. And so our job, my job is to preach to everybody the same. Even though I know everybody's not going to receive it the same, my job is to still love them the same. Love them the same and care about them the same and be for there the same. And you know what? That's, that's not my job just because I'm a preacher. That's my job because I'm a Christian. That's why that's my job. And that's why that's your job as a Christian. Even if you teach a, 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 a Sunday school class or junior church, you know, not all kids are going to behave the same. Not all kids are going to be faithful. And you know what? Your job is to treat them the same and love them the same. That's our job, just like the Lord did. That's the royal law. Approach people the way that we would approach them. We are patient with people as he is patient with us. Can he, would anybody say the Lord's patient with you? Would you ever say, does anybody say it? Well, he's never had to be patient with me. Well, he's being patient with you right now if you said that, right? We forgive as he forgives. And then again, we seek to love as he loves. So this is the, the royal law. So I say, listen, if you're like me, I'm not a good multitasker, but if I, so if I have to pick something, if I had to pick at least one out of them, amen, if I, if, if I had to, if I had to re, reinforce one of them links, amen, it would be that one, the one of the royal law. The royal law means that because we are embraced by the love of Christ, we are enabled by Christ to embrace others with the love of Christ. Live under the royal law by loving and treating people as Christ has loved and treated us. All true fellowship with Christians, what grows out of a, a mutual love for the love of Christ. What, what binds me to the heart? Amen. What binds me to your heart? Right? It's not my natural ability. I don't have any natural ability. Down. It's the love of Christ. That's the only thing I got going for me. That Jesus is in my heart. Amen. And that makes me want to care about you and got those that God brings. So it grows out of that. Seek out ways to spend time, amen, uh, with one another and practice loving one another. And as we practice love with one another, that'll help us to love, amen. If we'll practice loving the ones we do know the right way, that'll help us love the ones we don't know uh, maybe the right way as God brings them into our life. Isn't it so good to see Sister Alice here tonight? Amen. And that God's blessed her with an apartment coming up. So pray about that for her. Pray as she has to fly back and all the things. And I know the boys are so glad to, to see her. They, I'll tell you one thing, and uh, they love their grandmother. Amen. Uh, you know, Brother Wood, I'm going to tell, Brother Wood was talking about you. I'm going to tell you that. He, he took you guys out to dinner the other day. And you know what he, you know what he, you know what he, he told me? He said, man, those boys love their grandmother. They, they love their they love their grandmother, but I know she really loves them, too. I know you do. I know you do. I'm jealous. Amen. I'm glad that you do. All right. Let's uh, let's all stand. Brother Ari, uh, give us a, a stanza. We'll pray.